0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's a busy Monday! It's been a busy weekend. And what makes it even busier? I saved this for the YouTubers. I can drop a surprise on them when I throw it when I throw an avatar on the screen. The big dog is in the house. And I may have yelled so loud that I created a small echo on his side, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my level down, big dog. Good Monday to you. You okay today? You had a pretty wild weekend yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I'm doing as good as a uh, a toddler parent can do after toddler wakes up in the middle of the night and says, "I'm gonna yell and scream at the 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 loudest levels possible." Fine. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a good. I think it's been a great weekend. Actually, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm I'm happier with the weekend than you're probably happy with the
0: sound. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll figure this thing out. I might have to like, I'll probably do the thing where I bring your volume up and down as I'm talking, so the the audio doesn't bounce back. But um, look, here's the thing: the uh, we were greeted with a large trade on Sunday. I was at my kid's little league game, so you know this is what life is like. Um, I think we may have actually just lost Brew for a second. He's going to pop out and pop back in. The the obvious first piece of news we're going to be working with on today's show is the Drew holiday trade. It went down on Sunday morning. He was a Portland Trailblazer for just a little bit of time, and now he is a Boston Celtic. And Brew, I feel like we have a lot of things to cover here. The B-150 coming in two days is obviously at the top of a lot of people's minds. But the first thing has to be the Drew Holiday trade and the Celtics, who don't have a ton of depth right now. But damn, if they don't have a pretty strong top four on that club, how good are the Celtics? Let's start on the reality side here. Are they better or worse than the Milwaukee Bucks, who also just made a big move?
1: I I, I don't have a hard answer for this one. I really, really like both moves from both teams. Um I just think that when you're at the top like that, you got to make these kinds of moves to to try to punch through. And you know, adding Drew Holiday to that team, I mean, there's definitely some challenges for Boston. Um, ironically enough, it's it's not even at the Drew Holiday level. He just fits everywhere. So they've fortified everything other than the Kristaps Porzingis situation, which isn't even so much about him. It's it's really about can Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, I'm gonna say this a little tongue in cheek here. Can they learn how to play basketball? You know, these two guys have done a take turns offense, really not understanding game flow and and you know, some of that's their own greatness, you know, and, and each of their own ways. They they can take over a game, they can do certain things on the floor, but it almost always leads to this suboptimal, not good enough for the NBA finals or whatever layer of the playoffs they're in. You know, kind of a situation. Um, looking specifically at Jalen Brown, you know, you can't have the kind of handles that he has and take the kind of license that he takes to take the kinds of shots that he takes. And then when you when you put Jason Tatum on top of that, he's also a player that hasn't quite mastered the sort of um, the dominance that um, a player that, that handles so much and, and, and takes as many shots as he does. He hasn't mastered the dominance to be able to get other players involved. So that's why their offense has been always up and down. Are they making shots? Um, you know, lots of swings in, in the games that they play. So now they bring in Kristaps, and if used correctly, it is an amazing weapon at their disposal and it would change the dynamic of their offense, but they actually have to do that. You know, they, they can't just be a thing that comes second, third, fourth, or fifth. They have to get the ball beneath the free throw line to this guy. And let him work and, and try to figure out a way to make him a, a, a good passer and use these other really dynamic players more as cutters. And, and you know, if you're not going to do that, then all of a sudden you've got a standstill offense again. And, and what's the value of Kristaps Porzingis at that point if he is doing just a little bit of screening here and there, just a little bit of three-point shooting here and there? maybe standing down in the dunker slot even and just kind of watching the action go. I think you're going to see a lot of frustrated basketball players if that's the way that this trends. Drew is well, more willing to move the ball around. Uh, a guy that in last scene in the playoffs, really, really um, disappearing, really, really making some bad decisions. I think we talked about that last show. I think he's going to um, thrive in a, in a role where he's not expected to be even the two. you know he's, he's going to be a number three, four maybe even five options sometimes, you know, with Derek White being as good as he's been, um, being able to focus on defense is going to be great for him as well. So uh, they present major problems for any team out there, whether that's defensively with their ability to switch. I'm really interested to see their gameplay. Um, do they try to get up and down the floor? I, I really think that they could and should. And then, um, you know, as far as Chris Dops goes, that's the devil in the details right there. If If he gets... Used great. If he's not being used, then the question is defensively, how's that going for them? You know, they they got great defenders around him, so he's probably okay in that respect. But it might be the one piece you can attack to start to get them uh, loosened up, and and you you might blunt an otherwise amazing, amazing defensive alignment right there. So um, I'm I'm really excited about them. And then I know we talked about Milwaukee last show. Those guys are awesome, and adding Damian Lillard to that mix was just a perfect addition. Um, you know, in, in many ways, it's something that you you kind of if you were playing whatever you know, two K or creating a team, and, and you're like, ah, you know, Milwaukee, what could they use? It's like, oh yeah, they could use uh, Damian Lillard, and uh, you know, Boston, <laughs> hey, you guys could use Drew Holiday. So let's go ahead and do that. So it was yeah, really, couldn't, couldn't we all? Sort of a
0: of a of a week of transactions here in the NBA. So, um. A- does it feel a little bit like Boston made this trade to try to deal with Damian Lillard?
1: Um I mean it's a smart counter. I mean that's that's for sure. Um I think they would have made these trades sort of independently of each other if they hadn't seen the other trade happen, so to speak. Um in an alternate universe if, you know, the players weren't the players they were, they would just go pick those guys. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 really I mean It's kind of funny because Drew really can't shut down Damian Lillard. You know, there's a very small list of players out there who can do that. So if you're if you're on a a Boston fan today, you just got to love it. You know, if you're a Heat fan today, you just got to hate it. (laughs) If you're (laughs) a Blazers fan today, man, you know, there was people out there actually talking like the Blazers did a bad job. In what respect? I don't know. I, I, this, all of the, these trades were so easy to analyze from a fantasy and a, um, and a reality perspective. It was just, I know a lot of the Boston, or probably not the Boston, but the uh, Miami and, uh, Portland stuff, you know, has been floating around for a couple weeks. And it's, it's like, it's beyond funny. It's almost like hit a little concerning level for some of these media folks, you know, who are out there carrying water for their bosses, you know, yelling at people for, like, in the case of Miami, that, like, Portland did something unsavory.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. The Miami media backlash here has been um, kind of new. I don't know if I've seen, uh, like, the, like, beat guys get this fired up and crazy about something like this before. Have you? No. No. Usually it's a very chill,
1: I mean, I'm sure somebody in Miami is going to correct me on this, but a chill media environment uh, as it goes um Hmm. portland you might expect a little bit more fire out of those guys but i i mean mostly they just spent their time i know there's a couple that are that that don't fit this description but most most of the time they just spent their time kind of like batting back this idea that portland should just give away damian lillard and you know do it for nothing and that seems like a reasonable position to me and um but yeah no people after the first trade which would have been enough to satisfy any requirement that Joe Cronin did a good job. There are people out there saying that they completely screwed themselves and and did a bad thing. And then came the Drew Holiday trade. And then there's probably a little bit more coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, so let's actually, let's get into a few of the specifics on here, at least sort of like uh, brush through a lot of the players. Brew and I are going to be kind of floating our way through a lot of the topics on today's show while we've while we're still in the east and then we'll work our way back to the portland side what does this mean cuz boston now is a pretty top heavy roster do any of those guys get to the usage they had last year no matter where they were yeah no i don't think so
1: i mean usage is coming down for for guys just in general um you know it's like case specific of course but that's uh i mean you just add better players you you you're going to see that dip and yeah, they actually do have a little bit of a depth issue though. I do like some of the depth pieces that, that they have that, that would be considered under the radar. I mean, it's a solid squad. I I'm I'm actually not looking at them and being as concerned about depth as I I would for some other squads, but even actually one of those was was Milwaukee and (laughs) they got in there and they made a quality addition in campaign, you know, major hole back there. I mean, I was really curious how that was going to look for them. Um, you know, there their options behind campaign, no experience, really, you know, big time question marks about whether guys could even just stay on the floor for a minute. And then, um, I think both of these teams are going to be able to attract whether it's the buyout market or even as we go here, if there are any kind of small signings that can happen. Um, uh, I'm not sure if Reggie Bullock got picked up or yet, yet or not. Um, you know, you're going to have you know, players like that break free. And I think the teams are going to fill out their roster that way.
0: Um, can you l- help me out with something here? And I I know we don't want to get... I don't want to, like, have you give away B-150 positions on guys. Because, by the way, that comes out in two days. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit here on the show. Uh, first of all, I also want to mention... I don't know that I did a proper introduction for anything on today's program. Welcome to the show. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Bespris. He's Aaron Bruski. If you can spoil our names, you can find us on Twitter at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. He is at A-A-R-O-N-B-R-U-S-K-I over on social media. And this is, of course a sports ethos presentation, but Brew, can you help listeners think through how to handicap a team in this type of scenario? And we can, we can tailor it towards talking about Boston a little bit, but it's really more of like a, a lot of, everybody knows that what I want to do with this show on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis is to simplify the game a little bit and also help people learn how to make decisions on their own. They shouldn't be 100% reliant on a podcast, an analyst, a show, whatever it is, to make their decisions in fantasy. So how do you simplify Drew Holiday to the Celtics in your mind? How do you make tweaks to other stars on that team? What is the, what is the thought process you go through when you're like, okay, well, you know, do I, do I raise them up? Do I draw them sideways? This game a week and a half ago on Friday was arrow up, arrow sideways, arrow down. But how do you think through that process? Man, I wish I, I, you, you keep saying
1: the word simple <laughs> and, and and I just keep laughing in my head because it's not that simple. I mean, basketball is a beautiful game, you know, It's it's got all these different possibilities baked within it and they can change in a minute's notice, you know, two players that are, you know, going at it, you know, in practice or, you know, inside the team environment and they don't quite see eye to eye. they Go get drunk one night, and they talk it out. And next thing you know, they play a totally different way the next day. And in that different way that they play, you know, you start to see the distribution of the ball go a different way. Uh, You start to see roles and and you know just the the way that players play just completely changes. And I to me, I I find I find that just fascinating. I find that to be um, the difference between how analysts see the game. And so in terms of simplicity, I think like basically what you're trying to do is figure out what kind of, almost like an archetype, you know, and I do see that floating around the internet a little bit more effectively these days. Um, you know, these archetypes of players, That's kind of where I start with my thinking, what kind of guy is this? Okay, Drew Holiday's is a connector. All right, what's that going to do with everybody? Okay, that actually might, you know, uh, make this thing more fluid. Um, and, and I don't even know that to be true with this Boston group. I really do think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they have to go find the biggest mirror in the world and just look into that thing and ask themselves, what are we doing when we get the ball? You know, like quick, one half second kinds of decisions that are being made. And both of them are working in a, I can dribble for five seconds kind of a context. So um, does Drew Holiday even, you know, can he impact that sort of stalemate in terms of offensive fluidity? I don't know, but you're looking at, what kind of players are they? What are they going to do to an offense? Is it a back to the basket guy, you know, in DeAndre Ayton? Is it a uh, a dribble handoff guy, in um, Yusuf Nurkic? You know, what's that going to do to uh, the the ball swinging from side to side? You know, I, I would I would think prior prior to Nurkic landing in Phoenix. You know, there would be some serious questions about that being a standstill offense. And now I go, all right, Nurk likes to just catch the ball at the top, pitch that thing to somebody else. And now they're going around the corner. Okay, here's a little bit more ball movement. What does this do to a guy like Bradley Beal, who was previously going to be charged with running the offense? Okay, I might just think that a couple of assists are now going away from Bradley Beal and into Nurkic. What does this do for the offense as a whole? Does it make it more efficient? Okay, efficiency numbers they're going to go up is there a major ball handler that's going to take a, a key guy's free throw rate and completely just demolish it you know these are not simple questions they can be simple when you have experience and you kind of know what you're looking for um but that's the beauty of this thing that's what me and andre lemos for those of you who don't know um longtime ethosian who's worked with us forever oh speak of the devil he's right there Uh, yeah, he's, he's really loving his, uh, Portuguese ball players there, but like, you know, and, and Andre's got experience playing. We, um, we're, we're breaking this thing down from the, you know, down to the studs and trying to figure out what exactly is this team going to do with the ball. And you start to think first, primarily, what would they be most effective doing? Then the reality is that it's almost never that. And then you start to figure out the culture and the contracts and the pecking orders and what you've seen to date, and how stubborn are these guys, and how's that all going to come together? It's like the uh, ideal reality versus the probable reality, and then you spit it out in the form of either projections, rankings, um, et, cetera, et cetera, It's not simple, you know. It's super complicated. It can be simple, but it's not. Would
0: you agree that the the closest thing you could get to simplifying this would be to compare your expected change, their delta for one of these players to uh, something maybe that happens to their ADP folks, picture this nightmare scenario you're hosting friends for the big game, it's neck and neck in the fourth quarter and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks Boo! say all of your friends you start to sweat Compare prices across multiple stores in your area. Find the best deals on game day drinks and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're really... I think that's the that's the kind of the question that we're always asking is how does that reality that we expect to happen how's that lining up with where everybody else is going and and that is a super exciting thing cuz I think more today now than I think I've ever seen it you have more part-time analysts doing you know what they what what almost appears to be full-time work and so you're just seeing some really wild takes out there these days and I think it affects ADP and then I think, um, you know, we we just want to zig where everybody zags with that stuff. And so um, ADP can be a great indicator. ADP used to be the thing that people would rely on back in the day. They, they uh, you know, they'd take the ADP they found on the Internet, you know, 20 years ago and, and say, all right, well, that's smarter than what I'm seeing in my home draft. You know, so I'll, I'll use the ADP. And uh, that was their guide way back when. Now we want to see ADP. Um, in terms of how much is it separating? You know, is it going one way while we
0: go the other? Let's pivot over and look at the, uh, the Portland side, because that's a whole new mess of things. Do you think the players, uh, the initial report at least, is that they intend to keep Robert Williams along with DeAndre Ayton, so suddenly they have a couple of centers that they're interested in. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Malcolm Brogdon. Sounds like they want to get him moved. How do you sort through this stuff?
1: Man, the, the Brogdon stuff is is really really interesting. I mean, this guy just won a big award. I kind of think he's done. Not like done done, but I mean, unless he just comes back in an amazing shape in relation to where I think he is, you know, I don't think he's ever gonna come back like you know two three years ago. He had a really choice situation for himself, uh, and now I think he's he's really looking at he might be forced to play with those kids. You know, he, if they can't move him, I think the league knows that he's not worth much. I don't think the rest of the NBA world knows that yet, but, um, he, if he sticks in Portland, he could, if he's say 80% of what he was last year, which I'm not sure he is. If he was, he would actually have some angle on fantasy value. That'd be good for him. Um, those guys are gonna, you know, they're gonna do a bunch of silly stuff that, you know, it's gonna drive everybody in Portland crazy. And then you got a guy in Brogdon who, when he does his silly stuff, at least it's coming from a veteran place. Um, but I don't think he's gonna. I, I really don't think that that news, the you know that, that they're looking to move him, comes out if they have any interest in keeping him. And then then coming out today and talking like he might stay is just a leverage play by Portland. Um, now they're not gonna just give him up for nothing. You know, you might as well, if, if it's truly nothing that's on the line, then I think you just rehab his value and tell him, hey, you got a great opportunity to rehab your own value here. You know, there's a lot of minutes available for you and sell him internally on that. Um, but that's a that's a really fun kind of fantasy team out there in Portland. You know, there's a lot of minutes available for guys. And then you have some established names and you got DeAndre Ayton there who's going to be cut loose. And you just don't know what's going to happen. Can he finally step into some of the promise that he's shown throughout the years? And he add Time Lord to the mix.
0: It's it's a yeah yeah. What happens with Time Lord getting added to the mix?
1: You know, I think if you look at his career, even it's like okay, maybe who knows? He play eighty-two games in thirty minutes a game, right? Like who who knows? <laughs> Ime Odoka tried to do that, and uh, I, I think he kind of ruined his career. But you know, whatever, we'll leave that to the side. If he hits like an outcome that would cons- be considered by most people to be very good. You know, it's very unlikely that he logs a, a tremendous amount of minutes. Like I think if he gets his, you know, high end scenario, there's a very good chance he can't even threaten Ayton's minutes. So in a way it seems redundant and like you shouldn't do it, but in a way, statistically and odds wise, it's not. So they just kind of picked up two bigger name centers on a timeline where they're not trying to win anything right now, um, I think Robert Williams was just a throw-in, you know, in in the deal. It's it's a really unique throw-in because he's played at a high level, and and and, so, and at times such that it, 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 he he could have been considered one of the better centers in the NBA um, for his play in the playoffs. And but now with injuries, he's just a guy, and they're gonna fill their backup slot with just a guy on a team that's got no chance really at doing too much. And um, that's just two different things going on at once. I think Cronin's actually going to manage it just fine. If he can turn around and flip Robert Williams, he's got a decent contract. I mean, if you're a big man away from having de- defense, you know, covered in, in, in your team, you got to be looking at a, at a Robert Williams. You know, if if your timeline is now, you got to do it. and, Maybe even for a backup slot at that cash rate, it's about 15 mil a year. You know, it's a decent contract for a guy that can seriously change the dynamic of your defense. And if he's deployed the right way with the right minute restrictions, that could be great for a team. So I think Cronin could turn around, flip that as well, you know, and try to determine is DeAndre Ayton your, your franchise center for the future? And then what are you doing with Scoot, obviously, um, and Anthony Simons even, you know, maybe he's not on, on long for this team.
0: What are uh, what are your do you, if you have any? What are your fears for Portland and how the trajectory of this season goes? I, I I've a lot of people have come to me and talked about the shutdown risk, which does feel like a possibility with them. Can we mitigate that on the head to head side by just ending leagues three to four weeks earlier than usual? Just like try to avoid silly season. Is this something that you are? Uh, is in your mind as as you go into your fantasy drafts, or is it something that you sort of push aside because hopefully the league settings have already taken care of that issue?
1: Yeah, I don't know that the league settings could ever deal with this. (laughs) Like, it's this is the the, the long two of our industry. You know, like, the the head-to-head fascination, like, I think this industry needs to tackle that head-on because you cannot, and we've talked about this forever, you cannot have your seasons decided by that stuff every year, and you can't start your your playoffs before the trade deadline, <laughs> you know, or you could or you can, there's these unique strategies we're going to blend the game, we're going to give some, you know, season, in regular season money out, and we're going to this, that and the other. At the end of the day, like the championship is the championship and when your 10th place team somehow wins it or, you know, whatever wacky scenario happens that's just brutal. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely considering that for Portland, you know just in terms of whether it's games played or head to head, you know, it's, it's, it's going to either, you know, demolish certain players. It seems like Jeremy Grant, for example, like this guy's sitting in a great spot to just do Jeremy Grant stuff, which has been his thing for the last few years. And then, Oh, by the way, the team's terrible and you're going to take X amount of games off. And it was no longer good, you know, and he's a trade rumor guy and maybe a little bit harder to move um but these guys could all be moved it's it's pretty funny what portland's doing here to uh win this damian lillard trade and sort of mess with fantasy gms in the process i like it it's it's interesting at least yeah that's
0: all i ask for you know, yeah, teams. interesting yeah that's fair um let me take a quick moment here mid show to remind everybody please if you're watching with us here on youtube some live many of you after the fact just asking for like ten percent of you to go down and hit that thumbs up thumbs up button. And for those of you that are not aware that we do these things all the time, please subscribe. Over on the recorded side, subscribe. Uh, same thing, actually. Just asking for a subscription. That's really the way to go. Five star review would also be nice, but I know that takes a little bit more time. Subscribing is very quick and easy. Just a quick button push away. It's also time we got to talk a little bit about the B one hundred and fifty. I have all these questions for Brew, but the B one hundred and fifty drops in two days. In the Ethos 360 package, I put the link in our live chat room. That's what it looks like. Not that you can copy that from your screen or anything. But there's so many ways to find it. Uh, Ethos 360 has everything that we do at Sports Ethos. NBA, MLB, NFL, wagering, DFS. It's all rolled into one package. It is also the only place that you can get the B-150 in two days. At SportsEthos.com brew. Thus, I must ask you now... Uh, what does, what does it feel like to be this close to release? And then I'm going to pick your brain a little bit on, um, not, not specifics. I know we don't want to give anything away here before the, the thing even drops, but just how we, how you sort of get to this point in the process. Well, I mean, this process has evolved drastically
1: because if you haven't been around the site a little bit, I've been totally injured for the last five years, and it's been this evolving process. Shout out to the doctor. They didn't show up to his doctor's appointment today. Um, <laughs> Yay! Uh, yeah, they felt really bad. But at any rate, um, that's not my best doctor. I'll just put it to you that way. Oh! Uh, yeah, no, they. Uh, it's, it's changed everything. So, like, I can't type and, you know... I I would power through it previously and, um, it's, it's impacted my nerves. I've got compressed nerves and, and it basically, you know, it kind of shuts down my, my upper torso. Um, now I've worked through this for many years and, you know, kind of gotten a wrangle on it and, and I've changed my body and I'm super healthy and it's, um, it's great from that perspective. But the, uh, the work itself, I've had to become very pragmatic and super intentional about everything I do accidentally, per se, I don't know if that's the right word, I've been able to really get so much figured out that I might never never have done um, because of those needs. And so these last couple years, I've had people that have helped me with data entry. And last year, it sort of evolved into having another person to just talk about everything with, you know, you're just talking hoops for I mean, this is a 400 hour process every single year. you know, talking hoops with somebody that long, you really get deep into the concepts. Well, then this year, um, Andre picked up the task. And, you know, Andre's experience on both the basketball and data side has really, I mean, we're moving at 5 million miles an hour on this stuff, and we're getting to every single angle there ever was. We're getting deep into the data. Um, I'm just thrilled to, to be like ahead of schedule for, for, for once, it feels like, um, ahead of schedule and that feeling when you go turn your test in, you know, kind of first, and then you sit down and you're like, I aced it. You just know. And that's the feeling that it feels like right now with this, there's, there's like no stone that's been unturned. We know exactly where we're at. There's tons of value on the board. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk right now that you can't really like, Find a diamond in the rough anymore, and we got like twenty five. <laughs> it's, it's great. So uh, super excited about that, and um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I don't know if I've been as confident in one as, as this year.
0: Actually, I do. Want, I do want to ask about a little bit about that whole diamond in the rough thing. Um, it takes it takes me to a different place in season prep. Um, you and I have talked a number of times over the last couple of years about how you find it sometimes it's more fun for you when there's a significant amount of player movement because there's so many places that the general public can get it wrong that you' like just like open up the book and all the answers are right there what about a season like this one now obviously we've had a couple of trades here in the last week and a half that does shake things up a bit but overall this off season there wasn't a ton of of player movement. There was some, maybe small, medium, medium amount. How do you, what's the process for isolating winners when it's not just like, oh, dude's on new team? I see this differently than public does.
1: Yeah, no. So there's two different planes. Obviously, I like the board to be shook up as much as possible. I think that that obviously works in our favor. And though, with a little bit of a kind of disclaimer, sometimes when the board gets shook up, it gets shook up in a public manner. You know, where it's like the public is clearly going to get this or the public, because of the nature of the players involved or the names or whoever it may be, the public's going to take that and run with it. And I kind of groan. I'm like, ah, oh, that could have been a good thing. But now the public's going to take it and run. Um, so player movement, good. Certain types of player movement, maybe better than others. Um yeah, we just we just want it to be as difficult as possible there. But I kind of found found, especially lately, like the last five years, you know, the industry has really taken some weird turns. And so it really almost depends. You know, you kind of what's the, the Matt Damon in the um, poker movie um, rounders. He just walks in and he kind of just he doesn't even need to see the cards and he just looks at the people and he's like, he knows what that guy has. 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 That guy has and then he makes his move and, and then he's, you know, he wins or whatever the um the industry itself i think a lot of guys want to like plant their flag in like august you know on stuff yeah. and then it's pretty funny it's like is is that particular analyst you know are they even doing this full time you know are they even doing any analysis you know to be able to come up with that opinion and 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 make that make sense and 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 so the chessboard has been so all over the place You know, you got some analysts who do this, you know, they work really hard and and, you you just know that their opinions are pretty close to the market at all times. And you got some guys that are just kind of doing this as a thing, you know, but they're very visible now in this day and age of Twitter algorithms. You know, I I got guys popping up on my Twitter feed I've never even seen or heard of before. And it definitely feels like some of them are getting some good traction out there. And then I'll read their fantasy take and I'm like, yeah, you go, man. You just keep pumping that player up, man. Just keep doing your thing because that's helpful for us, you know. And so um, I think the industry doing that kind of stuff has had its own unique overlay to what we're doing with the B-150, which is just winning. You know, we just want to win with this thing. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're, I, I, and to that end, especially this year, I, I, it's not only the diamonds in the rough, but it's the guys at the top. You know, I feel like we've got a ton of opportunity with uh, the way this thing has shook out.
0: The diamonds in the diamonds, one might make a terrible joke and say, "No, so okay." I, I for those that are watching or listening, I have to I have to mute Bruce's microphone when I'm talking. So if he's trying to interject, I unfortunately can't hear it. So it, apologies, um, but the banter is going to be a little bit more halted on this episode. But I, to, to his point about. The flag planting in August, I sent some tweets out about that. Actually, this is basically how the, if you want to call it, the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad gets created, which is people are like, oh, I know who you're going to like before the season even starts. Eh, you can make a lot of pretty good guesses because you already know who people are going to be yelling about from August until October 10th. And as those guys continue to shuttle up the board... All these other guys that are perfectly reasonable players who maybe started being drafted where they should in August, by a month and a half later, they're getting drafted 12 slots later than that. And so these players that just sort of fall into the lap is what the Dan Bespris... It's not an old man squad. It's a boring team squad. That's how I create a lot of what I do and what I think is a one way to kind of simplify things. So that's, a, that's I, I think, a really interesting answer to a question of what do you do when the board is not shake it up, you wait for others to shake it for you. Did I get that right?
1: Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. Um, And then that dynamic is one that's pretty much there every year. So you can almost have that in your back pocket. If all else fails, the boring Dan Vespers squad will be there because people are trying to plant their flag. People are trying to put all their content out there on Twitter, you know, kind of front and center, and and really kind of just stepping over over each other's heads and breaking their necks to do so. it's, it's great. When you think about it from a pure gameplay perspective, (laughs) it's a best case scenario for anybody serious about fantasy um, that, that you got this algorithmically driven, you know, public behavior going on out there. Um, So that's why I think at ethos, you know, and, and you see this at other sites, um, you know, that take this stuff very seriously. They, they, they're not out there trying to win this thing in august and and they're out there they're trying to protect their customers and and make sure that their customers
0: have an edge rather than them getting 10 seconds of fame what do you do with the uh remarks from Kawhi leonard at right happening basically as we speak i think they they were like maybe 20 minutes ago or so he basically said that he is trying not to be load managed and he wagged his finger via the verbal. I don't think that he actually wagged his finger physically because if he did, the camera would have to pan back and forth because his finger's like that long. Uh, but he, he verbally wagged his finger at everybody that made fun of him for being load managed in Toronto. He was like, I was legitimately hurt that year. I played the whole season hurt. Last year coming back from a torn ACL, I played the whole season hurt. I'm not that guy this season. Do you buy that?
1: Hmm. <laughs> i just the, my favorite uh media day moment not favorite but you just maybe remember was uh Kawhi, i think it was a rookie um maybe it was a no it was his first year in toronto because uh holly mckenzie put her hand into his and they took a picture of it what? it was like it was the like n- little, biggest yeah little tiny hand and the biggest hand together ever i've that i've ever seen it was uh very sweet also reminded me of a you know a ni- nicer time on twitter back in the day um the uh I think there's a theory in this that I, I, I'd love to dive into and see if the, we could like statistically prove it or some, somehow wrap our heads around it. Players at some point stop caring about the future. And it's the more NBA mortality thing, or it's like, what's the big goal? And I think these guys know, hey, I ain't getting any, any younger. You know. So um, what was the problem with last season if I was the Clippers? Well, nobody ever learned how to play because everybody was out all the time you know and and they didn't gel and it just didn't work out and you know you got a lot of big bets that were made on this team and you you eventually just go you know what I don't care if I'm hurt I'm going to play through it and maybe the next 2 years or the last 3 years of my career get shortened or whatever I just want to win again so or I'm tired of being hurt or saving everything for the future and so then you see these seasons that are just outlier seasons on a guy that's you know maybe hasn't eclipsed seventy games in a very long while, um, being the face of it, it's probably annoying as hell. You know, there was a Law Murray was putting out stuff that was contrary to narrative regarding the two he and uh, Paul George. That you know, hey, they were really injured. This wasn't about just rest. How much I buy into that or not, I don't know. And how much of it is just baked into the into the cake you know, yeah, they're going to miss time. They need to miss time. They shouldn't do back-to-backs. It's not smart to do that. So, you know, it's probably a little bit in the middle with that stuff is terms of, in terms of believing it. I mean, I don't think you can believe that Kawhi Leonard has a better than 50% shot at say 72 plus games. You know, it's the other side of the equation. Um, the, the NBA awards thing, which I don't think comes into play for him so much. Um, but the NBA awards thing and the, the minimum games you got to play for those awards, I, that's a really good idea by the league. Um, one of a few that I know people scoffed at. I, th- I thought you got, a, got the, the money one, Dan, when, when it was uh, that the team doctors needed to, that the league doctors needed to be in the loop with this stuff. And that's going to be a difficult threshold for everybody to tap dance around. So I think it will be tougher. I think you'll see a spike in games played this year. I think the league really cares about that. And you're seeing that from the smart people in the league talking about that. Those talking points aren't, um, you know, that's not accidental. The league cares that there's a lot of money on the line. If there's a sort of a tumbling effect that we've seen in other industries where the disruption of cutting cords and and streaming and all these different things and teams want their own RSNs and they want their own digital rights and, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Gambling. And gambling. Thank you very much. I thought the gambling, um, There was a gambling element to a question you asked earlier about how do we look at things when, you know, it's it's, you kind of look at it the way that Vegas looks at it, you know, with all this stuff. It's a very cutthroat sort of good, solid analysis that has to take place with all of these things. I think Vegas does a great job with that, but yeah, no, the gambling thing is huge for the league and you cannot have this stuff happening and have that Pandora's box of, is it rigged? You know, is it rigged, like the only people who are making money are the insiders who know stuff, you know? And, and then you get like the Joe Public who gets just completely raked over the coals because Kawhi doesn't play, you know? Does that overall lead to an optics situation where big media starts talking about, is the gambling bad for the game? And, and overall, you just don't want, if you, have a, if you have a top four sport in the world or the United States or whatever, you just don't want to drop to like fourth, You know, that's a big spread of money. (laughs) Just don't be fourth out of four is basically what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Football's one. I thought that might swap. I think I'm off that take. That was an old take from like
0: 10 years ago. Oh, cold takes exposed with brew.
1: Oh boy. I got a couple of those.
0: No one's Um, ever going to forgive you for Myers Leonard, by the way. And you love that. I know it. I know. Well, here's the thing. You got to be, if you're, if you're not taking shots, you, you,
1: you, you got no shot at this thing. And, yeah, that was my probably top dumb take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will uh, say that uh, that wouldn't happen these days. It's, it's, we've we've crossed certain thresholds.
0: Oh, and I feel like maybe I should clarify We're not talking about when he actually got in trouble with the league. We're talking about the year that it seemed like he was going to play more, which was... I, he... Well,
1: there was a lot going on there that, that really screwed things up. But on top of that, he ended up sucking. Yeah. <laughs> So there there was like they didn't extend him, you know, contractually he was pissed off. They uh didn't want to play him. Also, locker room, you know, Myers is Myers' has been a little tough on that front. Yeah. Not even going to the stuff that has him sort of out of the league ish.
0: Mm, okay, so last last big uh thing is that over the last three or four days, we've actually had a bunch of NBA injuries, which seems impossible because it's the second day of October and training camp hasn't even started yet, but guys are hurting themselves in pickup games. Brew, is this the reason to have your draft on frickin' Tuesday morning before the season starts? I mean, this is this is absurd.
1: I, I don't want to downplay early drafts because you can kind of reverse the question and say at this point in time, nobody knew XYZ, I did, you didn't. So therefore we win, you know, that kind of thing, the luck, the bad luck, you know, that can come in and wipe out a first round draft pick. Yeah, that sucks. I, I would trend toward having a draft, you know, later in the process as much as possible, just so you don't get that unfortunate. My first rounder is now out for the rest of X amount of time. And I didn't even play a single week and I'm already dead Not likely, but kind of happened with uh, LaMelo last year.
0: Yeah, Yeah. very true. Yeah, he was, ankle was hurt, came back, ankle was hurt, came back, ankle was hurt, and they said, meh, and that was enough. What do you, so. That one killed a lot of us. I know it killed me. I had zero LaMelo's because he's too fun, and you know I don't allow any fun players on my fantasy teams. That's a rule. That's Look a rule. at this guy wearing a fun shirt and he doesn't have any fun players on his team. The only fun that's allowed in the Vesper's household is my attire. Definitely not my actual fantasy teams. Uh, uh Brew, I wanna I wanna now pivot towards because we're forty-ish minutes in, so it's time to start thinking about wrapping things up. What do you want to talk about here at the end of the show? What's up? Uh, what's what's coming up in Sports Ethos besides B one fifty drop?
1: Yeah, you know, um the one thing about expanding our tech footprint. And um, shout out to everybody on the tech team, you know, for, for really just a bang up job. I mean, I'm sure you guys have noticed it around the website. Things are cleaner. Um, You know, we're, we're able to like plan out and and pivot in certain directions. Um, But the big thing I want to, I think the thing that I'm most excited about, it's not even the B-150. I'm very excited about, I'm very excited about the draft tracker. Like these are two things that like genuinely have me pumped up. Like this draft tracker is Amazing to use. I've been using it, and it's like an unfair advantage. Um, the it's the uptime is there. It's less complicated than other tools I've used in the past. Um, it's got my numbers in there in a, in a beautiful way. There's there's strategy built into the way that the uh, the data moves. It's it's just a really great tool. Um, so I'm very excited about those two things. But I think the thing that's got me most excited is knowing that in the middle of the season, our users are going to have b150 grade projections and that's not easy it's a 400 hour mega lift every off season and then to keep it going through the year you really have to have the people who understand the game and then the people that you trust to bring behind the curtain on the the principles behind the b150 and andre is that in every single way and then some and so Andre is taking the the task of working with me to make sure these projections in the middle of the season are Vegas grade. You know, if we were bookmakers and we didn't want to lose bazillions of dollars, what would we be using with all that corporate knowledge? Something similar to what we're using right now. And so for your in-season play, you know, your, your memberships, you know, go into the season and, and you get... You know all this stuff but the one thing that you can know is that your projections that you'll be basing all of your decisions off of they are going to be outstanding to the point where they're going to just put everything else that's out there to shame in addition to that if you're in dfs and you're trying to build your lineups those projections are going to put everything else to shame minus a handful of places gaming gambling if you're looking for player prop bets if you want to understand just sort of the general, you know, just the general ecosystem that you're betting within, but especially player props bets, you're just going to clean up. So I'm, I'm more excited that the in-season product is going to take just this massive leap forward, you know, by a factor about 50. And so um, that, and the, the fact that we've got football and baseball hockey, and we're, we're really turning into a 24-7, 365 operation across all the different sports. People who are getting these packages right now and you're grandfathered in for life. You know, you're getting these prices that you get to kind of just hang on to forever as long as you keep your membership active. And in many, many years, this is the first group of Ethosians that join this website. You know, they're going to just be sitting on... Like, I, I got a gym membership I pay $50 a year for. <laughs> it's, it's great. Like, I don't even go to the gym... You know, I won't because it kind of sucks here locally. And it's like, but I still am going to pay this thing. It's 50 bucks for an entire year because many moons ago, they were like, if you pay for three years in advance, your renewals are just $50 a year. And I looked at them like, are you guys stupid? Like, (laughs) yeah,
0: I'll do it. I love the concept of not of paying for something that's so low, even if you don't use it, just because you feel so good that you got such a low price. That's fantastic.
1: I've, it's been—I mean, obviously, COVID played played a part in this, but it's probably. I walked in the other day, like this was like six months ago. I walked in. and I forget what I was trying to do. Uh, oh, I think I wanted to shoot hoops, and uh, they didn't have any basketball. It was just like a total bleep show, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the extent of my visit for the last four years. But I'm gonna keep—I'm gonna keep renewing that thing because maybe one day, who knows? <laughs> you know, I might use that. but but yeah no it's gonna be great for these guys that get this i mean the the all sport price right now is just stupid by the way we got to raise
0: that price Mm -mm, don't do it it.
1: and people i don't care people people. i don't
0: care if people hear my echo on this one i had to leave your mic on to hear your reaction to me yelling at you don't do it it. i'm just saying it's just like i I just think that like it's, it's gonna be
1: like you know Fifty dollars a year at some point here, you know, with inflation or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Year two, get it for seven. Like two years from now. This is a stupid deal. You should definitely be at at minimum that deal. And uh, the the twenty two for Ethos three sixty is an amazing deal. So it just pays for itself. So um, very excited about the in season product. I'm very excited to see Andre kind of spread his wings. And and he wants zero of the 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 ten seconds of fame, by the way. Um, But in terms of just like exploring your craft and trying to be the best that you can be at a given thing. He's really getting to spread his wings and fly. And, um, he's one of the most talented basketball people I've ever talked with.
0: Yeah. We'd, Andre's the man brew. Uh, I'm, uh, you're muted for the moment, but I'm bringing you back one more time. The big dog, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much today as always for popping on our furf. <laughs> I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna send this thing out to pasture here. Um, what do we got coming up here on Fantasy NBA today? We got head to head strategy stuff coming up later on. I think that's later this afternoon. I gotta check my calendar and see if I've got everything all squared away right. We've got more mocks coming up, we've got more analysis coming up, we've got Rubens in the chat room saying go, Andre. And he's right, because Andre's the freaking man. I am at Dan Vespers. He is at Aaron Bruski. Thank you guys for hanging out with us here as we go through some of the big topics over the last week. And we'll talk to Brew again in the not-too-distant future. We'll get him back on a camera with a working microphone. But we wanted to get this one out to you guys as well, especially with the Drew Holiday stuff baked in there. Have a delightful Monday. Talk to you all soon.